0: Hi everyone, I'm so glad you can join us for week 6 of our Mark series. I love that we're taking so long to actually get through book of Mark, and I think it's really important that um, we take the time out to break down what is going on in this amazing book. Um, And so we hope that you're enjoying it. If you want to see the other past weeks, um, you can get all of those uh, videos on our YouTube channel. So that's Lift Church. Um, But we are up to today, Mark chapter 2, verse 18 to 22. And so why don't we read it all together in one go, and then we'll break it down and we'll work through it from there. Awesome. So verse 18, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting and people came and said to him, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, the wedding guests cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them, can they? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak. Otherwise, the patch pulls away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost, and so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. Awesome. So verse 18, let's read that one again, and then we'll have a chat through that. Now, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? So, what we're going to see here is that there are two different groups. So, we have John's disciples, and we also have the Pharisees. Also, what um, I want to point out is that fasting was done for a few different reasons. So, number one, the Torah would require it. So, there were different um, holy days, there's the Day of Atonement. Um, festival of Purim where they would fast as well and then there were about four other times um, where it was required that the Jews would fast. Um, Fasting was also for during times of mourning and loss Um, and it's also an expression of self-humbling or repentance or to seek God's blessing. And we see a really cool um, and popular example of that in the book of Esther, where Esther is about to do this really courageous thing. um, And she basically asks that a whole bunch of people um, pray and fast uh, so that she can have God's blessing and what she's about to do. Um, And so the reason why why scholars believe that um, both of these groups were fasting is it's possible that they were seeking God for salvation. You see, these groups, the Jews, understood that they were under Rome's rule, um, and the Jews had been believing God for a Messiah for generations. Um, They were these people who were oppressed, and currently they're under Rome's rule. but what we know is that God has bigger plans. So God um, wasn't just going to come to save them from Roman rule, but he had bigger plans. I don't want to give too much away because we'll go through a bit of that. Um, but that's, that's what scholars say. It's these, Because there it was two different groups that were fasting, that it could actually believe be because these groups were believing and seeking God for salvation. So moving on. Uh, Verse 19 says Jesus said to them the wedding guests cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them can they as long as they have the bridegroom with them they cannot fast the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they'll fast on that day so what we got to know as well is that Jesus wasn't against fasting he wasn't saying you know my disciples just don't fast we just don't do that anymore he was just simply pointing out that the time of fasting right now was inappropriate because there was this wedding going on Um, and culturally it would be inappropriate to fast during a wedding because weddings were a time of celebration whereas fasting as we mentioned before was um, was often for um, mourning and times of loss and so Jesus was simply saying it's just inappropriate right now but you know for Jesus to be asked about why his disciples aren't aren't fasting, and then to kind of talk about this whole wedding thing, you know, as a reader, I might flick back a few pages and think, have I missed something? Is Jesus actually at a wedding right now? Where's this whole wedding idea coming from? Um, You haven't missed anything. Jesus is not at a physical wedding. But what he's actually talking about is this picture of Israel's long awaited reconciliation with God as their husband. Now it's a bit strange to understand this whole wedding idea. Um, But if you read the book of of Exodus, you will see a marriage covenant being made between God and Israel. And um, we actually have a podcast um, about that from Lift Church. And we went into detail about that. So if you want to find it, you can head to our website. Um, But after the Exodus from Egypt, God brought Israel out into the desert. And the Ten Commandments were given. And basically, this was... Um, a marriage ceremony. A covenant was actually being made between Israel and God. However, we know (laughs) when we continue to read the story that Israel becomes unfaithful and goes after other gods and basically worships other idols and does these things that just grieve God's heart. Um, And because of this, God has no choice but to divorce Israel. They've been unfaithful and so a divorce happens. And then there was a long period of silence and it's actually a really sad time for the Jews because there were these generations where um, just the Jews didn't hear from the Lord. There was complete silence. But then the silence is broken in the prophetic books. We read about this beautiful promise that God makes to bring the Jews back into covenant with him. And I wanted to share some of these scriptures with you um, because they're just beautiful and I think they really... Um, within this context, they paint this picture of God's heart, that he is a loving father. And I think for some of us, um, we read the Old Testament and we see the wrath of God and we think God is this angry God. But if we can understand that he had married Israel, but then Israel was unfaithful and this divorce is happening. And then we read these scriptures, we actually see that God is faithful and that he continues to pursue Israel as a people. And actually wants to come back into covenant uh, with them and ha- and be reconciled. And so Isaiah 54 verse 5 to 6 says, For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you are a wife deserted and distressed in spirit. A wife who married young only to be rejected, says your God. So God is calling this people back. No longer would they be rejected, no longer uh, will they be this person that, um, you know, was once married, but he is calling them back into covenant. Isaiah 62 verse 5 says, As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you, the builder being God. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. No longer will Israel have to put up with the consequences of their sin and, and this um, this oppression that they live under, but God is going to rejoice over them one day. And probably my favorite um, because it talks a bit about the covenant in creation as well and just the, the reconciliation of um, or the restoration of all of these things that God uh, first put in place. I'll read it to you. Hosea chapter 2, verse 16 to 20 says, In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. I will remove the names of the Baals from your lips And Baals, that word means master. So all these things that oppressed Israel, yes, even though they worshipped those things and and gave their adoration to these things, they partnered with these things. But God was going to remove those masters from their lips. No longer will their names be invoked. In that day, I will make a covenant for for them with the beasts of the field, the birds in the sky, and the creatures that move along the ground. That part there speaks to me of creation and how God intended things to be at the very beginning of time. Bow and sword and battle, I will abolish from the land so that all may lie down in safety. I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice, in love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness and you acknowledge the Lord. So Jesus is basically saying, hey guys, this wedding ceremony, this covenant that you've been longing for with God, it's about to go down. It's actually happening right before your eyes. So get ready for it because it actually brings about a lot of change and we'll talk about that change soon. But you know, after he uh, talks about this wedding Um, ceremony, this promise of covenant again with God, he talks about how this bridegroom is going to be taken away. Um, Then his disciples will fast. So he's pointing out that's the appropriate time for my disciples to fast. And so when we look at it from well, look at this. It's not really a normal wedding that Jesus is talking about, is it? It really supports that idea that Jesus isn't talking about a physical wedding right then and there, but he's actually talking about this wedding between God and people. Because in a normal wedding, the groom wouldn't get married and then be taken away and and go. You know, I don't know any groom that would get married and then be like, okay, wifey, it's been great the last five minutes, been a real treat, uh, but I'm going to go now. No, 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 Jesus is talking about this special uh, wedding where it's actually going to require the groom to be taken away. And this language of being taken away means to leave or, um, or actually to die. And so Jesus was, of course, talking about how he would be crucified for this covenant to be restored, for this new covenant uh, to, to take place. And so that's a huge thing. Uh, for the audience there to grapple with but for each and every one of us as well especially well those who've um, called upon Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour you've grappled with the fact that God would give his life for you and, and that's what Jesus is actually presenting to um, the people he's talking to right now so we go on to verse 21 it says no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak otherwise the patch pulls away from it the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost, and so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. So a little bit random. Jesus has been asked about fasting, why his disciples aren't doing it. Um, and then he gives this answer talking about a wedding that's about to go on, and we've explained that. And then he talks about these two parables and, and presents these concepts of the old and the new. He's actually recalling that God has promised to do a new thing and for the people again to be ready for it because things are going to change. Things are going to be completely new. And if we don't understand that, if the people don't understand that, if they don't wrap their heads around it, they're going to miss out. And so some of these examples that um, that Jesus is recalling from scripture is um, there's Isaiah 43 verse 18 to 19. It says, Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says, A new heart I will give you and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove your body and the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And so, Jesus is saying, you know, when I talk about these new things, um, this is what he's talking about. He's talking about the fact that there are old ways for Israel and for the Jews, and those are going to be called former things, but there are these new things to come. There's this new heart to come and these new this new way that God is paving out for the people. And Jesus is pointing out that there's an incompatibility of the old with the new, trying to have both only leads to destruction. He talks about the wine skin and and the tear, um, that this old and new way, it's incompatible. It leads to destruction. What exactly is Jesus talking about here? Well, he's talking about that this new way that he is bringing about is actually incompatible with the old way of life for Israel. Now, it's kind of hard for us to understand, but if we understand that, um, the the Jews had all of these different practices like the Sabbath, these different food laws, there was the Torah, obviously, Passover, Temple. Well, Jesus was actually gonna do an overhaul to this whole religious system. Um, and he was warning them that everything's gonna change. So you have gotta be ready, and you gotta be willing to go with it. You gotta be willing to have faith in God. And you know, Jesus' new way, as much as we read the Bible now and we think, wow, Jesus was actually this really amazing person and he hung out with all these people that, um, you know, even sometimes Christians today would sideline. His new way was really scary for the Jews. He he could forgive sin, not through the temple system, not through all of these sacrifices and, and keeping up with these religious practices. But he was saying, actually, just come to me um, and you will have forgiveness of sin. And that was a huge controversy for the people then. They, they were saying, who does this guy think he is that he can forgive sin? But Jesus is saying, hey, this is part of the new way. Are you on board with it? Are you on board with the fact that you don't have to... Um, you know, sacrifice over and over again, or, or keep up these religious practices. You can just come to me for the forgiveness of sin. And you know, he'd be seen with all these different people, with tax collectors. He'd eat with them and and have meals with them. And you know, Jews and especially the Pharisees, they'd look upon him and be like, "What is he doing? This this rabbi, this guy, what is he doing?" See, Jesus was so countercultural. He was bringing in, he was shaking up this religious system. And I think. Everyone who was religious and liked their religion would be freaking out. Um, and, And there's more controversy to come. We talk about the Sabbath a little bit later on. But there are all of these things that this Jewish religious system had that said, hey, this is the way to relationship with God, to forgiveness from God. But Jesus was actually saying forgiveness is found in the one man now, in Jesus Christ alone. And he was wanting people to be open and he was also warning the religious that hey if you don't if you're not willing to put aside these these practices and these rules and regulations you're actually going to miss out on the real life that God is wanting to bring to you and he knew that some would accept and some would reject him as well. you know this is a huge moment for the people that jesus is speaking to in this passage of scripture but i really believe that god wants to ask us today that there's something in this for us today that you know often god is wanting to do a new thing in our life but it takes us stepping away from what we know and and comfort and security in things that um you know just aren't god um and it really requires us to step away from those things in order to cling to god and to trust god and to live the life that he's calling us to and so i'm really excited for us to discuss this in our lift groups this coming week but i just want to challenge you right now and and if i can encourage you if i can actually say hey be brave with me um but have a think have a pray about those things that Maybe the Holy Spirit has already been talking to you about letting go of because, um, you know, because it causes you to have security in things other than in Him or um, you know, it causes you to put your trust in places other than in Him. Whatever it is that He's highlighting to you, be bold, be brave. I want to encourage you to leave those things behind so that you can lay hold of everything that God Um, actually wants to do in your life. And and that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for us, that we will continue to be people who are willing to let go of what is old, no matter how much comfort and security and and happiness we find in those things. My prayer is that we would be people who trust God instead, (laughs) who are bold, who are brave. That's my prayer. And so Right now, I just want to close in praying for us. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this message. I hope some things have stood out to you, that Holy Spirit's speaking to you about different things. And I know we're going to have a great discussion this week in our lift groups, but i just love to pray over us um, and pray a blessing over everyone. And then we'll close from there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you um, for your word. God, I want to thank you that... Um, Well, first of all, we sit on this side of your word. We know what happens, God. We know that Jesus goes to the cross for us and we know that life in him is so abundant. Um, It's difficult, It's, it's not without its challenges, but God, life in you is the best life ever. And so God, I just pray for every listener, every person, and I pray for myself and my household as well, God, that we would be people who are brave, People who are bold, people who would put our trust in you rather than trust in things, maybe belongings, maybe, um, you know, whether it's a house or whether it's in another person or whether it's in finance or in our work. God, I pray that we would no longer put our trust and our security in those things. And I pray that we wouldn't try to find acceptance from you any other way than through Jesus. God, we thank you that you've made a way and you've made it so clear that it is through Jesus alone. And God, I pray that we would be people who wake up every day just putting our faith afresh anew in Jesus so that we can live out this life that you've you've ordained for us. God, we thank you and I just pray your blessing over every listener. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us and we I hope you have a great week. See you next time. Bye.